Uh, well, happy Mother's Day to be. Why are you looking at Aaron? <laughs> I know, Two right? Moms in the room. And the mom's over here. I expected some sort of quip. <laughs> at, well, happy Mother's Day. Seriously. Welcome. Thank you for being a mom. He, he's looking at us now. Thank you. I am. So I hear you got a talk coming. I do have a talk coming. The talk? The talk. So, yes, I am taking Evelyn out this weekend because she's had more and more and more questions and uh, I'm I, they're harder and harder to skirt. And uh, based off of her limited understanding, I'm realizing maybe she knows more than I think she knows. So I better get ahead of things. Mm. But never did I ever think that this was going to come at age seven. Got to ask, is one mom who's far removed from this, hopefully, by a few years? Because you love Jesus, mm-hmm. what are you hoping to ultimately like convey to Evie? Sorry for the dudes listening, but it's not super fun to be a girl um, all the time. So there's that part that I want to prepare her for, not scare her about. Uh, but then there's the piece that I want to make sure she knows that this is how God intended us. This was the image that he had for us. This is uh, how we add abundance to his world and how, yes, there's this thing that happens and that's what creates, but there's uh, boundaries within those that we believe in to follow. And um, there's a whole gambit of uh, things that go along with this. And also she's seven. Mm -hmm. Like, so where do I pull back? Where do I let her kind of dictate the conversation? Mm -hmm. I'm not great at. Well, what I hear is you just go for a drive and just put it on the <laughs> on the screen and just drive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> so, so everyone ask my husband that story. So we are talking week eighteen: two sons, two covenants, two mothers, two mothers. It all kind of goes together. <gasps> like a plan, right? I didn't. I didn't plan it that way. It just. The week it worked out, which is kind of cool. You know, Paul, Paul in this week, he's, he's making a, he's, he's taking the metaphor of these two mothers and the two sons and two covenants, which it's nice because it's connected to what he's talked about the last couple of weeks in his heart for them, that he is like a, a mother in labor over them because he wants Christ to be fully formed in them. And then he steps directly into two ways to relate to God. Uh, Abraham and Hagar and Sarah tried to bring about God's will on their own by having Hagar have this baby, which is through our own human effort, or you can trust God to do what he's going to do. And because God, you know, he does do that eventually through old lady Sarah and she has a baby. And, you know, that's the way of trusting God. So we can either try and do it on our own or trust God to do what he's going to do. It's a way of relating to God. And it really relates to motherhood in some sense. Why is it so hard for us to wait and let God be, to be dependent on God and let him and his ability do something? I think it forces us into a position where we have to give up control and we also give up the opportunity to glorify ourselves, which you know a lot of us have talked about that here if we're prone to wanting to earn or work or um, get an attaboy or an added girl. I think you forsake that and instead surrender to Christ and Obviously, there's so much freedom there, and it's far more fulfilling than anything we could try to obtain on our own, but there is a cost to that Mm -hmm. if you're prone to wanting that for yourself. That's so great, because I even say that. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. I I, I talk about 
how it's a way to control. Did I just yeah. woman explain? <laughs> no, you woman explain. That was great. I know. Yeah, yeah, woman awesome. <laughs> But I, I, I talk about that. I go, it's uh, Abraham and Sarah and Hagar doing it on their own. Like God made this promise. Maybe he's not really going to fulfill it the way we think. We got to help him out. And so they go and do this other thing because it's a way to keep control. I still did this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. It's it, For me personally, it's completely about control. My hardest part of being patient, well, I'm not very patient in general, but the idea of giving up control. Like I even think back to uh, when Brandon and I were engaged, you know, when you're dating, there's the, when are you getting engaged? When are you getting engaged? When are you? And so we started a mantra, wedding house, puppy, baby. Like this was how it was going to go down. We were going to get married. We were going to buy our house. We were going to get a puppy. We were going to have our baby. And, and I felt like I, I controlled each of those things and, and outside of those things, it just would not fit. Oftentimes having to sit back and like, what if it doesn't work out this way? Uh, especially when, you know, talking about having kids and I don't know if it was because I was becoming an adult and around it more, or if it's because of, you know, things are different today, but so many of my family, so many of my friends were struggling to have kids. And so that, that, that waiting period of like, this is what I'm yearning for. This is what I want. Is it going to happen in my order? And I completely cut God out of it. And, and then that harsh realization of how I'm not in control of any of this. And actually it's a little bit of where Isaac got his name from was we were in the book of Genesis. Isaac <laughs> is Genesis, baby. And Brandon didn't change his name to Abraham, though. <laughs> he did <laughs> not. Abraham, Sarah, yes. just his real name. Isaac. Just, yes, 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 Brandon yes. Abraham McCool. We were very creative with our names, Isaac, son of Sarah. Um, but yeah, it was in that moment of like, it, it is it is listening to God. It is trusting his promise. It is knowing that it's going to be better than any mantra that we can come up with and uh, surrendering that to him and having a tangible way to be reminded of that. It's so hard for us in our, our lives to not not live in the second side, but it's so easy to pick out and watch someone else going through something and being like, oh, come on, just trust God, just yeah. trust God. Just So how do you guys, when someone's going through something and they're in in the first side where they're trying to earn relationship, they're trying to control, how do you step in and, and, and encourage to wait, to trust God in the midst of whatever it is they're going through? I think now much more patiently because I've seen myself go through the same process. And I think what you said, like about having kids, oh my gosh, that to me, speaking of Mother's Day and motherhood, mm-hmm. like nothing underscores that lack of control more than trying to bring a child into the world. And that can be such a painful process for so many, full of so many questions. And I think that was a season in my life that destroyed any kind of illusion of control that I, I didn't realize I'd really clung to up until then. And so I think it's given me, as painful as that was, it's given me a new perspective on walking people through that and to do it graciously and patiently because Jesus has done that with me. I think I would also want to highlight just how much better Jesus is, that it really is so worthwhile to trust him and to fall into grace and to forsake those things, even though they we want to see them as secure. Mm. I think there's a, there's another question in there too that sometimes people would ask because is it just sitting back and waiting, or is there something that we do in the midst of it? I mean, Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, you know, they're like, we're going to make this baby this way instead. But they were still in their lives 
called to love God, love one another. There's stuff going on with Lot. There's stuff as they're, you know, working with the probably a thousand people they had as part of their entourage and all the places they went. So it's not that God is saying you don't ever do anything. You just mm-hmm. sit there and, and wait. Uh, one day she's going to be pregnant. I would, it's there. Abraham and Sarah are still having their relations of what you will talk to your kid about later. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's not that they stopped doing the things that they were doing. It's trusting God in the process mm-hmm. of it. And sometimes I think people, when they hear, well, you've just got to let God take care of it. They, they stop doing anything. But, and there's lies you're having to confront, yes. I think, daily or more than once a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was something that I had struggled with because on the flip side, it came easily to me. But I remember being at E1 in your office with you and Mikey, just completely breaking down when I was pregnant with Evelyn because I was miserable and I didn't feel like I had the right to feel miserable mm-hmm. because um, at the time I was watching, I was very close and watching you and Jenna and both mm-hmm. of your journeys. And I just felt like how selfish of me and and so unrelatable. And it was one of those first moments in adulthood where I realized I don't have to have gone through something that someone else is going through to be able to be there for them. It's also wasn't one of the lies of our culture, right? You, oh, you haven't been through this. You don't have the right to speak into it when that's why you live in community. Mm-hmm. So you, you have people who haven't, haven't gone through those things. And we get to step into each other's lives with various perspectives, which help. Yeah. In life, more often than not, we're going to be confronted with people who are struggling, people in our GCs, people... Maybe they talk about it on a discussion night. Maybe it's just happening in natural conversation where they're going through something that we haven't gone through. And to us, it looks so easy to say, just give it to God. Mm. Just let go. You're, you're, you're doing too much. Do less. Mm. Um, there's, there's a balance in between. There is encouraging to lean into God, but there is also embracing where they're at and, and uh, being there for them and also finding in yourself, how am I trusting God in this situation? Mm -hmm. How am I trusting walking through this with this person? Am I trying to find the perfect words to say or what's right and what's wrong? Or am I allowing God to move through me? Mm. I think that's one of the many beauties of grace too, is like it inherently allows for all that complexity Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Is there somewhere you want GC leaders focusing conversations on this week? The people can get honest about how the people in their GCs relate to God. Do do you relate to God through your own efforts and works or do you relate to God in understanding your salvation is found only in what he has done? Mm-hmm. Because that changes the perspective of how we live, how we treat one another, really, really everything. And this is why we say the result of the gospel is our changed lives because we rest in what Christ has done. So therefore it's not, based upon me. And how do you see that transformation in your work coming from a place of freedom? Yeah. Right. As opposed to obligation. Every relationship you have changes Mm -hmm. when it's not based upon your merit or worth. Mm -hmm. How does the gospel essentially free you to like engage as a mom? In our culture today, there's huge comparison because everything is lived online Mm -hmm. and, and visibly. Um, And it's hard not to get into the comparison game of what I make or what I uh, provide for my kids or what I send them to school with for their, it's teacher appreciation week this week. 
And oh, yeah. uh, oh my gosh, I thought I was like doing the most. Thanks for the reminder, by the way. <laughs> I thought that I had this nailed because I had everything done. It was going to school on Monday. I wasn't going to be late. And now the teachers that I follow on Instagram and they're posting the pencil shaped cookies they're getting. And I'm like, Ugh. but there's grace. You know, I look at the fruit of my children. I look at uh, their hearts. I look at as much as I tease and talk about uh, them. Um, most people who have met them have the opportunity to know that they're pretty great. Mm -hmm. and that they're loving and that they're kind and they have such a desire and a passion to know more about Jesus. I'm their caretaker. He's working in them. I'm Mm going to foster that to the best of my ability. And I actually am blessed to be able to see the fruit in front of my eyes Mm -hmm. constantly. Overall, I would say because of Jesus and because of understanding grace, I can really divorce my identity from my kids and not see anything even the good things that like I want to celebrate able to recognize like that's not a reflection of me Mm -hmm. and I can view them as their own distinct people that I can try to shepherd I think as a result we've really tried to instill a culture of like it's really okay to apologize for like the things you do wrong Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have gotten more of that growing up you know when I snap at my kids and I have to go back and apologize later like I can see it in them. It mm-hmm. hurt them and mm-hmm. that, that resonated in them. So for me to come to have to humble myself to, to apologize and say, I lost my temper and that wasn't okay. Um, I think they do definitely get that part mm-hmm. of it almost better than adults do. And I can think back in earlier times in my life where like I would have just felt so much shame about that and like spiraled now. Like, nope, this is a chance. I feel I do feel sorry for what I did. And it it really hurts to hurt your kids, but then to use that as an opportunity to speak the gospel. Like, here's why Jesus is so much better. Mm-hmm. Like, here's why mommy needs him, you know? One of the things that, that Paul is talking about in Hagar versus Sarah and the two kids is, you know, he quotes Isaiah 54, you know, which is about rejoice, O barren one, your children are more than she who has a husband. And when Paul says that he's referring to our works Mm -hmm. and things that we will do. So it's not that as believers, we don't have any works, but when we try and do works upon our own effort, they're never going to be the same depth or the same type as a work that is done in faith. As a recovering control freak, I encourage you to uh, give that to God and to express it to your community uh, because talking about it and having people to pray about it with makes all the difference. Yes, happy Mother's Day to all you moms. And wherever you are, if you're struggling, maybe, or if you are not a mom and wanting to be a mom, you know, it can be a complicated holiday for so many. But uh, you have grace in Jesus and freedom, and you are deeply loved by Him. So we hope that you're able to enjoy it somehow. You have to come back next week and uh, let us know how it went. Yeah, there we go. Lead if I daughter. was going to try and find an out of doing it this weekend, I no longer nope, have that. Nope. <laughs> Thank you, Element, Element, for the accountability. I sounds like a McDonald's commercial. <laughs> I'm loving it.